This is Michelle Ellis, and you're listening to the Rooted TCK Podcast. Hey, TCKs, welcome back to another episode of the Rooted TCK. I am joined by my guest co-host, one that you all know and love at this point, Miss Chloe Jones. Welcome. How's it going? And today, our guest, we are joined by none other than our African brother, Ben Stubbs. Welcome, Ben. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on here. Glad you're here. So, Ben, you you grew up in South Africa. Um, mm-hmm. I met you about, you were in high school. You were, no, 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 you were just graduated from high school. Now you're graduated from college and serving in ministry. But mm-hmm. I'm going to hand it over to you to share a little bit of your background, who you are, what you're doing these days. I was actually born in Ohio, and then I moved to Indiana when I was one. And then my dad was a youth pastor there. And then I moved to Africa when I was nine. And I lived there for five years. And I came back to America for a generation. And then I lived there again for four years. And then I graduated high school there. And I came back to America for college. I went to Evangel University in Springfield. And I was a pre-med major, biology And I was planning on going to PA school, physician assistant, and sort of long story short, I felt like God was asking me to wait on that, and I didn't know what he wanted me to do instead or in the meantime. And that started a process of me praying about it for probably like a year, a little over a year, about what I was supposed to do next. And then the summer after I graduated, God opened up a job for me at the Africa regional office. It's called the Africa house. And then again, I felt this lack of peace. Like there was something else next for me. And then I started, I talked to Wendy, right? Quite a bit. And I was like, Hey, I'm praying about this stuff. Is there anything that you know about? And I mentioned that I've always had an interest in college ministry, but I wasn't sure All I knew of was just people that went to a new campus and pioneered it, and they started a Chi Alpha, which for those of you listening who don't know what Chi Alpha is, it's just a college ministry that is, it's under the umbrella of different AG US missions ministries. So anyways, my uncle is a Chi Alpha pastor, and what I knew from him was he was a youth pastor, and he felt called to do college ministry, and he got plugged into Chi Alpha, and then he just started a new one which I'm sure is really difficult, but I was like, I don't feel prepared to just go start a new one. And so I was talking to Wendy about it and I said, I'd really wish there was something where you could go to Chi Alpha and see what college ministry was like and get some practical ministry experience slash uh, learn more about theology or just go through some Bible classes and increase my biblical literacy. And I really wish that it was like around a year because just giving up the rest of my life feels impossible. I don't even know what that would look like. And I also said, I wish it could be a little bit less than a year because the year sounds really long to me (laughs) right now. And she was like, that literally exists. (laughs) She was like, there's this, there's like a Chi Alpha internship called CMIT. It stands for Campus Missionary and Training. And the whole purpose of it is to give they say a year, it's really like 10 months, just follows one school year, but just giving a year to 
grow in your understanding of the word and your relationship with God and your capacity for leadership and get some experience working with the Chi Alpha and then praying about the possibility of doing that more long-term and just learning what that would look like. And so I decided to do that in like the end of March of this, of this year. And I was really praying about it a lot. And I just felt like at, at a certain point, I was waiting for God to give me this big reveal that that's what I was supposed to do and have this massive peace in my heart about it. And I never really did. I just realized after a long while of praying that coming to this Chi Alpha was the only thing I could picture myself doing. I couldn't picture myself doing PA stuff. I couldn't picture my stuff, myself staying at the Africa house. And so I was like, I don't know. I just, I don't even remember when it was, or I don't know if it was in a church service or what. I just started realizing like, that's the only thing I could see myself doing. And so that kind of, for me was confirmation. And so on the very last day that you could apply, I think you could, I think it, April 1st was the deadline. And I applied at like 1130 on April, March 31st, I think I applied and I was like, all right, we'll, we'll see what happens. And the fundraising process was insane. Lots of miracles for me. And that really was cool. I guess we can talk about more of that later. But the way that God provided for me to get here was kind of like the, the type of confirmation I was praying for, but it didn't happen until I had already agreed to come. And so that when I got here, I was like really sure that I was that God wanted me here. And so, yeah, I've been here since August 7th when I moved here. And I'm just rolling with it still. <laughs> still, hey. still doing everything. I saw your your newsletter in my inbox not too mm. long ago, a week or two ago. Yeah. And I mean, just just looks like you started in August, you said, mm -hmm. and recording this in November. And it it seems like the Lord has already just shown up in so many ways and just shown all kinds of favor and allowing you to to build relationships with these guys on campus and and all of that. But but I guess before we get mm -hmm. into all that, like, you know, the I know for me and my experience, you know, we we grew up MKs, TCKs. And so there's an element where we feel we know so much about the missionary journey mm -hmm. and all of the things that it entails, which there's an element of truth, but it's also so different. Mm -hmm. So I guess if you could maybe speak just to some of that part, like the obedience aspect of knowing what the Lord was calling you to, you said you couldn't picture doing anything else. Was there any, mm -hmm. just any like fear or anxiety when it came to stepping out in this way or tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. I don't know what, like currently, I don't know what I'm going to do after this year. Once again, my plans are just kind of thrown up and waiting for God to kind of just, I'm going to, I'm going to mention a story or I guess like a vision that I felt like God gave me last summer. And this wasn't when I was praying about Chi Alpha, but it kind of shaped the way I felt and thought about it when I was praying about Chi Alpha. This was the summer after I graduated college. I was really for the, I don't know why, like this is so dumb, but for the first time I felt like I was really, really praying, God, what do you want me to do? And it was just like an open-ended question. Up until that point, there was, I had peace about things. Like I, I really did feel passionate about 
medicine and I felt like that's where God was leading me towards. And I think it just came naturally to me in high school and I just kind of went with the flow, but I never was like, I didn't have the understanding yet of staring down the barrel of a lifetime doing this thing. I just knew I had interest in it and I was going to college and studying it. And then after college, now that I had felt like I wasn't supposed to do that thing that I always imagined I was going to do. Number one, it was hard and sad because I wanted to do that. And I felt like I was talented at it and just somewhat grieving like all the time that I had wasted doing that, if that isn't what I'm going to end up doing. So that was hard. And then being like, what am I even, you know, I don't, at the time I didn't necessarily have something that was pressing on my heart to do. So I was like, all right, what am I, gifted at or talented at um, that could apply to a certain vocation. And I didn't really feel like I had that necessarily. Like, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) And I was just really stressed about it and praying all the time. And I didn't feel like God was giving me anything or just speaking anything to my heart at the time. And then one day when I was praying about it, he kind of, I don't know if you could call it a vision or just I just had this image in my head that I felt like was from the Lord. And when I was living in Arizona, which I lived in Arizona, the January to May before of in 2018, which was the year year that I started college, but I kind of moved back to America early and adjusted to America for a couple of months before I came and worked summer program. And after summer program, I started college. But when I lived there, me and my cousin would go climbing a lot. And I knew nothing about climbing up until that point. But the image that God gave me was, I was, I don't know that I was necessarily with my cousin Rye, but we were just out there climbing. And when you're climbing a rock face, there's all these different handholds that you have to go through to get to the top. And kind of like the ideas or thoughts that I was having when God was speaking to me about this was, God was like, if you thought about every single handhold that you were going to go through and every single thing that you needed to do all the way up this route, it'd be super overwhelming. And God was kind of speaking to me like, when you're on the rock face, you're struggling just to keep yourself up there. All you can think about is the next place that you're going to put your hand or your fingers or the next little spot that your feet can fit on. And it takes all your focus to switch to that next spot. And then once you're there, you have to keep focused to stay on the rock in that spot. And then once you've established yourself in that place, you have to look for the next handhold. And at each handhold, you're not thinking about the entire course of handholds that you're going to go through to reach the top. And it's just like that story, just telling me that wouldn't have necessarily gave me that much peace, but it just was from God. And I really felt peace from him then in that moment that like I could just look for my next handhold to reach for. I didn't need to worry about the whole course of the climb. And then at the end of my life, when I reach the top, I'll get to look down and see all of the ways that he led me, even though that little tiny poke of the rock that was my next handhold that looked impossible to hold on to seemed impossible in that moment. It's what God had used to orchestrate me getting all the way to the beautiful view at the top. And so that really encouraged me. It would, you know, after that story would feel like, oh, like now I know what I'm supposed to do. And it wasn't that. It was just encouragement. And then I went and worked at this office in Springfield. And I felt like it what it was the opportunity that the door that God had opened. But I still carried with me the memory of that thing that God spoke 
And so how it applies now, it was just when I was praying about these things, I just kept praying because I was afraid. And I was like, what if I'm just going to waste my time again, trying this next thing that I feel like could work out. And that kind of was in the back of my mind, like, it's okay. Like, even if this isn't what I end up doing, it's okay to just take a step and reach for something. And then that could lead me to the next thing. And a lot of times I feel like when God's leading us places, it doesn't make sense or we don't understand it. And when we read biblical stories, we get to see the end of the story all the time. And so it's really hard for us in our life sometimes to trust God because we don't get to see the end of the story. We just get to make the hard choice. But we're told those biblical stories to remind us that we can trust God to be a keeper of his promises in our lives, just like he did for those people. And so I just tried to read the Bible a lot and trust God that what he did for those people, he would do for me if I was going to follow him. And I also talked to my parents like all the time. And my dad, something he said that helped me was, he was like, if, if you do this, let's say you go there, you, you spend a year, you know, growing and learning more about the Bible and, you know, growing in your ability to lead people and learning more about the kingdom of God, et cetera. Like, even if you reach the end of the year and you're like, that isn't what I want to do at all. And I don't feel peace from God about it. Then it would have just been an awesome year growing and you would have lose nothing. And so that helped me too. But it, I didn't want to just feel like it was a good thing. I wanted to feel like it's what God wanted me to do. And so I, I just changed my prayers a little bit after that to be like, I want you to change the desires of my heart enough. Whether I was really excited or not really excited or super at peace or not super at peace, whatever it took for me to be sure enough about the decision to make the decision to go, that's what I was asking God for. And I, I felt like, that feeling of just knowing that this is what I could see myself. This was the only thing I could see myself doing was God sort of directing me in that way. I, I was thinking about all these big stories in the Bible where people made some seemingly illogical decision to follow God. And my dad was like, when God is asking us to do something that seems illogical, he will give us guidance that turns the illogical thing into something that's logical in our minds. And that looks different for different people. But what that meant to me in this experience was like, it didn't make sense to me that like, I've never done anything with college ministry. I've never, I'm not really, I've done stuff with MKs, but I wasn't, I didn't feel like I had studied to be a pastor or to do anything like this. So it didn't, it was illogical to me in my mind after spending four years studying science and never really having experience in this field to come do this. But God turned that illogical plan into something that just made sense in my mind. And so that helped me as well. And I, I remember we were actually here at Chloe's house and you were talking to us, processing some of your plans. And I think I can speak mm -hmm. for the two of us, but like seeing you doing what you're doing now, because you had various options you were trying to process through of, you know, what you would do post-graduation and well you yeah. had um you felt a transition mm -hmm. from the office you were in and you stepping into even if it's temporary this role of ministry and leadership development and all of that it, it makes sense yeah. seeing you in this and and yeah it may not have made sense at the start because of what your trajectory was but I also mm -hmm. kind of like what you're talking about and the 
what God was speaking to your heart of the the handhold and the rock face and climbing up this wall and everything of the Lord knows how to bring it all together, mm. you know, and he mm-hmm. knows how to give purpose back to studying medicine and science and all of this. We don't mm-hmm. know how much space that might take up in your life in the future. It may not yeah. be very much. It could be a lot. We don't know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, that's one thing that, listeners hear me say just about every episode and none of this was <laughs> anything we talked about but god is purposeful with our lives he That's sees good. the yes. end picture he knows he knows each and every handhold so i think that was such a a really powerful image that he gave mm-hmm. you it's been really helpful there's a lot of things i want to get to but i want to kind of start a little bit closer to the beginning of some of what you were talking about of just you, you were praying and trying to hear from the Lord and trying to figure out your next steps. And mm-hmm. you felt like he, he wasn't quite giving you anything yet. Yeah. And I think I'll go through those, those seasons and those moments, especially when it comes to our future job, career, ministry, et cetera, of, Hey God, what, what do you want? What should my next step be? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That's a, it's a hard place to be in. So what do you do? What do you do when you're, you're in that tension of, you know, you're transitioning away from something you're trying to find that next handhold, but still waiting on the Lord to, to bring some level of clarity. What do you do in those moments? Well, I could tell you what I did. (laughs) I don't know that I have like all the answers for that, but I think the first big thing for me was just like, you really learn to trust God. And so I just started praying every day that it's a classic verse where it says, God will give you the desires of your heart. Me and my dad were talking about that one time, and he was saying that a lot of people misuse that scripture. And what it really means is when we're walking in step with God, he will make his will align with our desires. And so I was just praying Like I've been trying to figure out my own plan and it's just like not satisfying me. I'm not at peace. And I, there's all these things I wanted to do and they aren't bad things. Like they were things I wanted to do for God, but I was just like, God, I can't keep spinning my wheels and it's not working. So I literally just want you to shape my desires to fit into what you want me to do. And I just started praying that every day and I didn't feel like anything changed really quickly, but just over time. And I started having these thoughts like, Kaiaf is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're going to end up doing, whatever that thought looked like, just knowing that I was going to be there next. And I'm very stubborn. And so I would just, maybe not stubborn, but just, I was like, okay, well, that thought can exist, but it doesn't have to make it true. And I would just be like, well, I can just let that sit. And just after a while, it was just like, sheesh, nothing else is coming in my mind, (laughs) you know, to do next. And so just like, I don't know, even though I did feel like God did that for me, like he made what I felt like I was supposed to do next align with what he wanted for me. It didn't mean that I was like exploding with excitement to do this thing. But I think even that changed as I asked him for that to change too, because I wanted to be passionate about what I was doing as well. And so I think just like praying really honest and intentional prayers and like, it's okay to, you're not challenging God by asking him to just make it make sense in your mind Mm -hmm. to go for whatever you're supposed to go towards next. At least that's how it worked out for me. And I felt like, 
it made it more real to me because I was like, I'm really struggling with this and I need you to make it understandable to me that I'm supposed to do this thing next. And I think that just simply looks different for different people. For some people, it's enough to think the thought in their head, this would, this is what I'm supposed to do. And then in that moment, it's just like, bang, this is what I'm going to do. For me, it didn't really look like that, at least this time around. But I think it's okay to just be praying that, like, God, will you make my desire for this next season? However you do that, will you just make my desire for this next season shape with what you want? And then I think just you have to be spending time with God daily to be able to be close enough to him to hear from him. So spending time with him daily. I tried to spend a lot of time purposefully being in silence and solitude when I was praying about it as well, which at first was really challenging for me because I have a mind that really thinks and buzzes and does all of these things. And at first that made me nervous. Like this isn't, this is just making things worse for me, trying to hear from you in this way. But kind of what I found is that the more that I did it, even though my mind didn't really stop running as much, it just amidst all the things buzzing, I would be able to know like what God was saying to me when I slowed down enough to hear his voice often. And I think that was really important for me too, because if you have, if you're an overthinker and you have a lot of thoughts, you need to take time to sit and be with God and welcome him in and sit with him and just be like, here's all the thoughts that I'm having. And I need you to help me sort these out and figure out which ones are from you and which ones aren't. I can't really describe how that happens, but just in spending lots and lots of time with God, I started to be able to figure out what feels more like God what feels more like shame or just like, am I being pushed towards something higher and better? Or am I like feeling like that's what I'm supposed to do or not supposed to do based on feelings of fear or anxiety and things that I know aren't from the Lord? Realizing that it's a process and giving yourself space and time with the Lord to figure it all out. And I would also say another thing that was really important was just processing it with people that I trust to be spiritual advisors I talked with my parents a bunch and I talked with Austin a lot and just including other people into that plan, especially people who are older and wiser than you and who can lock arms and pray with you about this thing as well. I think that's important. Yeah, that's that's really good, really helpful. I'm just like, man, I know I want to write that down, Ben. That was great. There's there's a lot. Here to listen through, take notes on, go back through. There's just a lot of wisdom in what you're saying, you know, surrounding ourselves with trusted community, you know, other believers who also care about God's input in your life and can hear from the Lord as well. All of that is so important. And we spent a lot of time in season two, unintentionally, to be honest, but that was something just woven in naturally it was just community and friendships and who we surround mm-hmm. ourselves is just so key you know and this is your sharing yeah. of in your own life of trying to figure out your future and bringing in people who who you can have alongside you to be like hey is this is this the lord or is this mm-hmm. me <laughs> is this fear yeah. is this you know help me help me make sense of this pray with me you know that's That's so important. I love how you were talking earlier too about how we have the Bible. We have all of these these stories and just what you're saying is so spot on of 
we as readers have the privilege of knowing how it ends. Mm -hmm. And so it's Mm -hmm. easy for us to almost have a disconnect of like, oh yeah, but you know, that was, that was Moses (laughs) who did all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. but he didn't know in the moment. I mean, he, he trusted God. Sure. But but he didn't entirely know he was living that out in real time, just like we're living out our stories in real yeah. time. And that was really exciting to me to know that like I was on like spiritually and intellectually, I was on the same path in the same process that Moses was on. And it's just crazy. Like when, obviously we've always known that, but when you really are going through something where you're like, God, I just, need you to help me with this it's like you are encountering the same god that david was praying to in the caves and moses was praying to in the desert and just it's just cool it is it's so cool knowing he has proven himself time and time again like you were saying earlier we can trust him um Mm -hmm. and and even giving context with what you were saying about it's from the psalms about god giving us the desires of our hearts and a lot of times people, yeah, they misapply that. They apply it to, am I going to find a spouse? Mm-hmm. And well, God will give you the desires of your heart. And it's mm-hmm. not the, the right context, you know, and I think that's an important thing for, for listeners to hear as well. And and you, you went over that so, so beautifully of as we're spending time with the Lord, as we're learning his heart, as we're sitting in uncomfortable silence sometimes trying to pick out his voice outside of all of the other things swirling about and mm-hmm. and really just surrendering our our wants and our desires and our plans you know the things that we think we should do in life and just say okay god like i want what you have cuz what you have it is better help help my heart change and desire what you want you know that's yeah. not an easy thing to do but it's so fulfilling when our our heart and our our will and our plans start to align with what's in God's heart for us and his heart for us is yeah. good. Yeah, I I think that it's just cool when you reach the point where doing what God wants is really what you want the most. Wow. And sometimes so like I think if you don't necessarily like you know you're supposed to feel that way, but you don't necessarily feel that way yet. I think that God is totally fine with that. I think that that's something that you can pray that God will give you. That's what I did. I was like, I know I'm supposed to want what God wants for me more than anything else. But there's things that I've like, I've been spending years doing and preparing for something that I thought I was going to do. And now I don't know if I'm going to. And I just really felt like it was okay for me to pray that and believe that and just just be like, I don't feel like I'm there <laughs> yet, you know, but I, I want to be there to where I hold on to nothing tightly and I have open hands and I'm waiting for you to either give what you want or to take what you want, because I know that however you lead me is going to be best for me. And I think a lot of people say that's where we're supposed to be, but I don't know that many people say it's okay to not be there and to be just, and to just be praying, make me like that God. And I think that if you pray that prayer in the right timing with sincerity, he will give that to you. A true deep desire to want to do what he wants deep down more than anything that you want. It's a, a beautiful and it's a it's a such a prayer of humility too, mm-hmm. of God, I mm-hmm. want 
help me, help me to want the things that you want. Cause right now I don't yeah. know that I do. And I think we can go to God with those things. You know, we can ask him to help us to desire these things. We can, we can even pray to have him help us want to spend time with him. Maybe listeners are yeah. out of, you know, I know I'm supposed to do this, but I'm not really interested in it right now. God, mm-hmm. can you help me to mm-hmm. want to spend time with you? And that's a prayer yeah. wants to answer because he wants to spend time with us. I mean, he, he takes delight in that. So I, I think that's such a, yeah. something that's not talked about all that much, but but so practical and so useful. Okay, listeners, I hope you enjoyed part one of this talk with Ben Stubbs. Guys, we covered so much in our conversation that we've had to split the episode into three parts. While you're waiting on part two, go back and take notes on what we talked about. Sit with it. Pray on some of the parts that may have challenged you. And stay tuned for part two coming on April 1st. You won't want to miss it. Talk to you guys next time. Ciao.